Hello and welcome back to another Moonbeam Podcast. Are you kidding me? It is the 10th episode, a decade of another Mean Green Podcast. I'm your host as always, Reed Smith, and I'm joined by my co-host, Milo. If you hear different sounds in the background, I am at my uh, parents' house. There are dogs galore and uh, siblings and their husbands here. So not a lot of sound control like at my apartment. It's Thanksgiving tomorrow, and I think that's a good a time as ever to lead you into the show, Milo. How are you doing, my friend? I am doing phenomenal as always. You know, Thanksgiving is one of my favorite times of year. In my opinion, it marks the beginning of holiday season. You know, you've got Christmas coming up in a month. But first, you got to focus on stuffing yourself with Thanksgiving food. <laughs> and I cannot wait to cook a smorgasbord of oh. Thanksgiving food. You know, I've got some, I got some good turkey. Some good mac and cheese. Oh yes, some sir. Good, uh, some good bread rolls and and more. So I am just absolutely ecstatic. What about you? How much? Yeah. What what good Thanksgiving food do you have? You know, you know, I don't want to. I don't want to move on yet because sources say that you're going to try to make a turkey this year, Mila. Oh yeah, I am. I am. You know, for the first <laughs> time, because my girlfriend and I were staying in California for Thanksgiving. It's just going to be her and I and our nice cat um and it, it'll be a good experience so we decided to why not bring thanksgiving to us and, and let's uh let's celebrate it amongst each other so we're gonna cook a bunch of good thanksgiving food for ourselves we'll have a boatload of leftovers uh that'll be good but the turkey i'm interested in seeing how that's gonna go i kind of got an idea of how i'm gonna do it um i think I, of course i'm just gonna throw it in the oven but you know we'll We'll bask it in some butter and some there seasonings. Go. And there you go. It'll be good. It'll be very All right. Good. Let Milo cook for God's sake. Yeah, I, I oh love to cook. It's something that I something that I discovered, a new passion of mine. So I'm there you trying go. To, yeah, trying I to get mean, better at it. Yeah. You be sending me these good looking that good looking food all the time. And I mean, compare I I'm sorry, John. John's one of our most avid <laughs> <added> listeners. <laughs> hey, okay. Man. I'll send you like my chicken Alfredo with like steak on the side, and you'll I'll send you surf and turf, and you'll send me yeah. your your like shrimp you made the other day, and then yeah. Milo will send or um John will send John, like yeah. two pieces of bread with a chicken patty. Oh my god! You know we could have a whole segment on that because that That's, was when we that was criminal. When we have John, like yeah. When we have John on the pod, which is soon, very soon, everyone. Yeah. Uh, he's a busy man, hard to get a hold of. When we have him on the pod, we're gonna have to interrogate him about his his John Zine, his John cuisine. But yeah, so I'm the youngest in my family, so cooking Thanksgiving food has never really been my thing for holidays. Um, my dad, shout out Jerry, Father <laughs> Jer, he'll be uh, cooking most of the food. Uh, my mom will be. Uh, making a lot of the desserts my brother-in-law uh i have two brother-in-laws named nathan but the nathan that's older married to my oldest sister will probably be making something as well so i mean i'm looking forward to the spread we're gonna have it's always a treat to see what we're gonna do and you know it's it's the time to give thanks you know there's a lot of things that 
we as podcasters are sure thankful for. And, you know, I kind of want to get into that. What are you thankful for, Milo? I asked yeah. all the UNT players I interviewed on Tuesday you know, this. That is a good question. Very good journalistic skills for you to ask every oh, thank you. green green player that. Um, for me, you know, I got to start off with my family, my friends, of course. This podcast, um, you know, my job to uh, just, you know, just to name a, a couple, uh, a couple ones off the top of my head. Uh, you know, a, a few more is I'm, I'm fortunate enough to, uh, you know, live where I do. I, I like to say I'm, I'm doing all right, and uh, I'm very thankful for everything that's happened in my life that has led me to where I am today. So, in yeah. the nicest way possible. That's pretty much some of the few things I'm thankful for. Yeah, for sure, man. And uh, very, very happy for you. And, you know, I, I got to say the same thing. Thankful for my family. Uh, thankful to be doing a job where I am uh, I get to make a podcast and I get to write about college sports all the time. It's not something I take for granted. Thankful to my friends. Thankful for you, Milo. You're a great friend. Have been for the last four years. Uh and thankful for another Mean Green podcast. And, you know, that's at the top of the list, obviously. There you go. Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, 10, 10 episodes in, I think it trumps everything else. There, there you, you go. go. Exactly. Once you get to 10 episodes, things just changes. Um, but before we move on to our actual show, I, I just got to get your take on this. What is the best Thanksgiving side? Oh, um, you know, this. I don't know if this is going to be controversial or not. Have you ever had au gratin potatoes, like the yellow ones with the cheese? They're good. The little dish. That is, yes, that is probably one of my favorite Thanksgiving sides. Uh, my mom would always make it. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I spent Thanksgiving with my, my family last year. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I did not spend Thanksgiving with them the previous year. So it, it I have not had it nearly as often as I usually would in the past and a few years prior. But I would probably say every time I do see that on the table, you know I'm going to town with some good stuff. So the O'Gratin potato is definitely my number one favorite Thanksgiving side. Will it be on the spread tomorrow? No, it will uh-huh. not, unfortunately. <laughs> I, I decided, you know what? I said, I'm, I'm baking too many things. We only have a, we have a limited number of uh, baking uh, baking pans, and I just, you know, I, I saw the box at the store and I pointed out to my girlfriend, I was like, man, you know what, I want to get this, but uh, <laughs> you know, I, I I bit my tongue and I said, I'm not gonna get it, it just didn't make the cut, just didn't it make didn't make the cut, which is amazing because I, I'm here, I am saying that it's the, the best Thanksgiving side, and I didn't, uh, yeah, but. I'm going with a, a mac and cheese bake tomorrow. I'm, I'm going to try my hand on a mac and cheese, I mean, a classic a, mac and cheese a bake. A solid yeah. replacement, a solid replacement. There you go. Yep. So and that's, that's my, my take on Thanksgiving. No, you, you, you got good. You got some good choices in there. You know, I enjoy an au gratin potato. I think that macaroni and cheese is a very underrated dish. It's not traditional. These oh, boomers yeah. will tell you that the macaroni and cheese does not belong at the table. Yeah, but I think I'll, that's BS. But, but us yeah. on another Mean Green podcast, we believe in macaroni and cheese. Um, that is something, it is just something that belongs on the Thanksgiving spread. And as long as I'm alive, you'll see it on my table. 
Uh, but oh, for yeah. me personally, my my favorite side, it, I'm I'm a simple man. I'm a man of the mashed potato. Uh, I just love a solid mashed potato. My sister and my mother make very good ones. So, you know, I think you can't that, go wrong with a little bit of mashed potato and a turkey slapped on there, you know? That is very, very fair. You know, I hate to say this, but I actually don't, I can't recall if I've ever had mashed potatoes, like, from scratch. Oh, I've I was always, about to say. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course I've had mashed potatoes. I, I love them. I was about to but, say. <laughs> No, from scratch. I don't think I've ever had it from scratch. I think I've always got, I've always had the, uh, the you know, from the bag, you know, where they have the powder and pour it and you get the boiling water. Yeah. I think yeah. I've only ever had that, the instant mashed potatoes, which is still very good. I love the uh, Idaho and um, the garlic and herb mashed potatoes. That's solid. That from solid. The bag. Yeah. Um, there's no promotion in there either. Um, of course, yeah, we we're, we're not ten sponsored. episodes in. We don't we don't have a sponsor yet. But, uh, yeah. yeah. So, but I just say that those are those are my favorite mashed potatoes. Yeah, since I have not had a homemade one. Yeah, for sure, those are solid. Um, but no, I'm a man of the mashed potato. Um, and just from the pod, if we don't really get a lot of interactions on socials, really like people commenting. But you know, let's comment. What is your favorite Thanksgiving side? Give us your Thanksgiving food opinions in the comments or in the Q&A section on Spotify. We'd love to hear them. But as of right now, let's get in to the gridiron. My favorite phrase in podcasting history. Milo, UNT did it. They finally won a close game. 35-28 win over Tulsa last week. Wow. I mean... I mean, got to hand it to them. They uh, <laughs> they took care of business. Okay, they did what they were expected to do. Um, you know, I think the past couple games they were definitely uh, facing some adversity. Uh, you know, I think against SMU and then the game prior, I can't remember who they played. Uh, UTSA. Uh, so uh, they were facing some adversity in those two games. But this game heading into Tulsa, it, it, I think they they were the favorites. Vegas had them as the favorites, so you Vegas. know they had to win. Vegas, baby, Vegas. So, <laughs> we'll, get, we'll get more to that later. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so so I think they did what they were supposed to do, and definitely good for the team to get back in the win column, uh, and you know, kind of sets them up to finish the season strong. For sure, uh, that was my. I was oops, I was about to reveal something that I can't reveal until next May. Um, I, I went to that one. I, I traveled to Tulsa for that game. And let me tell you, Milo, it was a schlep. I woke up at seven in the morning on Saturday, made it up to the stadium at about 12, waited two and a half hours for the kickoff. Um, then witnessed four quarters of UNT football. I think the elephant in the room, though, is uh, <laughs> Milo, it's four weeks too late. <laughs> the- yeah, <laughs> you know, they had four chances to to win this sort of game yeah. in the last uh, six weeks and didn't. Yeah, and but now they're not again. Vulnerable. You look at their schedule, and that didn't do them any favor either. That that didn't do them any good. Uh, you know that that schedule had to be. I would love to see other American team schedules, and I'd love to see where UNT is ranked because um, I, I personally think that's got to be 
the toughest schedule in the conference. Well, so I that it, definitely didn't do him any favor. So you saw that tweet earlier. Um, I don't remember if I sent it in the group chat, but I saw it. Like, you know how Liberty has like a Cupcakes USA schedule? Oh, yeah, it's fraudulent. Yeah, and somebody yeah. tweeted, I don't know if you saw this tweet as well, but somebody tweeted out like UNT, SMU, UTSA, like they would all probably go win 10 plus games in that schedule. And a lot of people are like, uh, UNT is the odd man out in that situation, but you know, <laughs> and maybe, but yeah, I don't I think, think they get 10 wins out of that. I think this offense against CUSA defense is probably looks like an SEC offense. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Yeah, yeah, it's like uh, Alabama going up against uh, some CUSA school, right? Chattanooga like last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, literally, it's like Alabama going up against Chattanooga. Bro, yeah, that's, Chattanooga. Yeah. Good bounce-back game for Chandler. Uh, 19 for 31, 294 yards, three touchdowns. Just a very typical Chandler record. He's a top-20 quarterback in the nation this season. Good for him. No matter how he ends this season, he proved that he is the man going forward. Credit to Chandler. Uh, we give it his props every week. We'll give him his final props in our season ender uh, next week. Uh, but against Tulsa, very solid game. Uh, Oscar and Io, huge in the game. Uh, 126 yards for Oscar Attaway and a touchdown. 121 yards for Attaway or for Adeyi. Um, you know, <clears throat> Macklin didn't really show up all that much again, and and they still were able to to show it up. I mean, this is a podcast that has been very uh, adamant that if Macklin does not show up in games and does not make an impact, then UNT does not win most of the time. But they proved that wrong uh, against Tulsa. They were in control of the game in the second half, pretty much. They nearly let it get away, but some big performances down the line. Uh, help them pull out that win. It's just not something that they've done this year, Milo. You know, they haven't pulled out these one-score games, and that's where they why they are where they are. Yeah, I, I think we've seen that <clears> time <throat> and time this season where they come so close and they put together a valiant effort uh, and they just can't finish. So I, I think it was definitely good to see them actually fulfill that and manage to finish a game strong. Yeah, and the, and I think it, you got to mention the the defense was all right against Tulsa. Uh, they gave up uh, 434 total yards of offense, so not a great day. But they held the rush, uh, the Tulsa rushing game, under 100, and or they held them to 183 yards. That's a lot better than previous games this season. And I think I just want to end the Tulsa segment on this to get <coughs> excuse me to get to four and seven is a hell of a lot better than, you know, being three and eight right now, like Tulsa, you know, if you finish the season five and seven, that's basically a team that sh- could have made a bowl game, but just a few results didn't really go their way. And that definitely describes UNT in my opinion. Yeah. I, I think like we've said uh, for the past three episodes, I think UNT, uh, UNT fans should be grateful that this team strung together five wins. I mean, I know it's not a lot, but I remember in a lot of season previews, you had guys saying they, you know, only string together two to three wins. So to squeak out five is is um, definitely impressive. Well, Milo, I just want to stall for a little bit here because I, I just want to go to a story that I wrote real quick uh, for Mean Green 24-7, what this podcast is on. <laughs> you know, every year I make bold predictions, and I know there's a game left. 
But every year I write a story called Three Bold Predictions for North Texas. Uh, let's go ahead and go over my three bold predictions and then go down to the record prediction. If you read this first line, it said, looking at UNT's schedule, we saw five is five and seven is the most likely outcome. Oh, my goodness. You got that a crystal was, ball in front of That me. was on August 26th. Huh. Yep. And Are you I sure said, you're uh, not head of Vegas? You should be head of Vegas, dude. I yeah, Vegas baby Vegas needs to call me. Um, you know, and I said five and seven seems like the most feasible of outcomes in 2023. It's respectable, it's respectable and could see the mean green fighting for a bowl. We do not think North Texas will be competing for much else in the debut season of the Morris era. Now, did you get clowned on for that? I did. did you, have, uh, guy, you had mean green fans saying, oh, we're gonna make up a whole game are you kidding me yeah they were saying like <laughs> wow five and seven with this schedule you must really think this team is bad it's like no i just watch them every day of fall camp and spring camp <laughs> you, yeah. you know yeah uh, but you know the other predictions i made we can go over that in the review podcast next week and i'll probably write yeah. a story to address that but you know i'm looking at these it's looking like i went two for three I'll take it. What were the other two? We'll go over it next week. Oh, all right. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Want, I don't want to spoil it because yeah, what if they don't go five and seven. Yeah. Yeah, for oh, sure. All right. UNT closes their season against UAB on Saturday at one p.m., which is a weird kickoff time, early kickoff time. So I'm not complaining, but uh, it is at 1 p.m. It is senior day. UNT will be losing 10 seniors. Wrote a story about that. You can go check it out on MeanGreen247.com. It's free to read right now. I might make it VIP as it gets closer to the game. So go read it now while you don't have to pay for it. <laughs> um, UAB has been pretty much as mid as UNT has been. I mean, I hate to use the word mid, but they're 4-7. and seven, uh, Same record as UNT. Uh, three and four in conference, so a little better in conference play than UNT. If they UNT beats them on Saturday, then of course uh, they will end the season with the exact same conference record. But just kind of looking down at the UAB team, led by first-year head coach Trent Dilfer, who has not impressed me at all. I remember watching Dilfer's Dimes on ESPN <laughs> Sports Center at night, and I was never impressed by Dilfer's Dimes, and I'm not impressed by Dilfer's coaching. Um, kind of a hothead on the sidelines. I don't think that's a good kind of thing to be for a head coach. I thought he was kind of trying to be a comedian when he was um, at American Media Days. I don't know. Maybe there's things I'm not seeing. I don't cover you. Oh, UAP. dude. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to interject, but was he the one that was up on the on the uh, at the press conference? He's saying, saying like, "Why do you, why are you guys projecting us to finish so bad?" Wasn't he like? No, that was Biff Pogey. Okay. Well, uh, Dilfer was the one. Was like, man, I sucked it. I sucked at being a quarterback, and I sucked at being a sportscaster, and now I'm a head coach. It's like. Yeah, well, right. you suck at being a head coach, buddy. You're All right, dude, seven. you wanna you wanna whip me? Want me to whip out my violin? Like, <laughs> like what? Are, you made millions of dollars. I'm not feeling too bad for you, buddy. Um, so their quarterback, a transfer from Baylor University in his second year with the Blazers, Jacob Zeno, 
has had a pretty good season. 2,841 yards, 18 touchdowns. Where he's run into problems is with interceptions with nine. Chandler Rogers could never with his 26 touchdowns <laughs> to four interceptions. But uh, their rushing attack uh, will probably hurt UNT. Uh, Jermaine Brown Jr., he was behind Mr. Trey Brown and Dwayne McBride for a couple years. But ladies and gentlemen, Jermaine Brown Jr. is here. 140 carries, 687 yards, 10 touchdowns. He is present. And then they got Palmer, wide receiver, 45 receptions, 760 yards, six touchdowns on the season. And let me tell you, Milo, they have a really mid defense, not UNT mid, but mid 11 games, 36.2 points a game given up. So it will not be a defensive showing by UAB or North Texas. You know, I think the big focus will be on senior day. It's going to be the last game for a lot of these guys. Mason Richards, um, to name one, Roderick Burns. Shout out to him. He appreciate said he appreciated us uh, in the media for putting his story out. I tweeted that out yesterday. Thought that was very touching. Appreciated that. Great guy, Roderick. Um, and, you know, I just think that... Um, UNT is probably going to pull this one out. Uh, I don't. I don't know what you think. Well, I just. What are your quick thoughts yeah, on it? Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think it's a game that they <laughs> they beat Tulsa. They can beat these guys uh, and close out the season with a win. And on top of that, it's Senior Day. You know, the seniors want to go out. They want to go out proud. They want to go out with a win. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's all there really is to it. It's going to be a track meet. You know, like you said, no defense between the two teams, really. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I think it should be uh, Chandler Rogers should hopefully have some fun out there. Uh, and so should the rest of the Mean Green offense. So I uh, I think it should be a good game. It should be a good game to watch. I think both teams will, will play pretty well. Looking like it's going to be cold and rainy at the kickoff. So that'll be fun. Might break out the coat. For that one, uh, let's go and make our predictions and go to Vegas, baby, Vegas. Um, <laughs> Vegas. Vegas, baby. Uh, UNT is predicted to win. Uh, it is. They are predicted to win by three. Uh, the over. Holy moly, dude. <laughs> the over under is 74 and a half. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Um, so that being said, I guess I'll give my prediction first. I'm going to go 48-24 UNT. Ooh, um, 42-28. I'll go 42-28. I'll keep it pretty close to what you did, but yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, and I think that, uh... I think they finished five and seven, like I predicted. I think this team all season was had five and seven written all over them. The defense was a hell of a lot worse than I thought it would be. Uh, I didn't think it would be this bad. I knew it wouldn't be great. Didn't know it was going to be this bad. Uh, that kind of set them back all season. So it is what it is. They're going to finish five and seven, I think. Um, and then we'll talk about that when it happens. I'll be there covering it. Uh, will be a sentimental one for me at DAC Q Stadium on Saturday for reasons that you all will know soon. Um, 
and, and that's that. I mean, it's kind of weird that this is our last pregame UNT football talk of the year, man. Yeah, you know what? That's that's a good point. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, you know, we're, we're sitting here talking about it like, oh, it's gonna be senior day, last game, and I'm not even thinking that it's our last football preview. Uh, I've had fun. Uh, I've had a lot of oh, fun. Sure. Uh, you know, predicting the outcomes of these games. So it's been uh, grand. Yeah, it's been yeah, all but grand. We'll we'll we'll, um, we'll give our, our remorseful end next week. So yes, we with will football before we before we transition into a fully mean green basketball podcast. We'll still be talking about like bowl games for football yeah. and championship games. But of course, UNT will not be a part of any of those. So for <laughs> UNT wise, we'll be switching more to basketball. Um, yeah. We'll see if I mentioned softball in the spring. I doubt you want to talk about softball. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't that'll know just be me rambling well, so. about it myself. Yeah, so. yeah, I mean, if you if you want to provide a preview of it, then yeah, by all oh, means. Well, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, let's uh, it's going to be a heavy backloaded episode uh, this week. So we're getting all of our UNT stuff out of the way. We're yeah. not going to lie. Um, <laughs> men's basketball had a pretty disappointing tournament in Charleston at the Charleston Classic. They drop a close one to St. John's. Aaron Scott misses a potential game winner. Was a good look. Just not every shot's going to drop. That put them in the consolation bracket where they <laughs> lost. <laughs> where they lost. <laughs> the consolation bracket. Welcome to the consolation bracket where they lost to LSU in another close one. Just let that one go away there. LSU's big man. Um he just kind of was able to to find big buckets at the end of the game. I'm trying to think of his name right now. Um, the, you know, the, the the big fella on LSU that kept dropping uh, insane shots at the end there. Um, uh, Will Baker, very solid, good player. He was able to hit some of those late buckets, which sunk UNT 66-62 which put them in the famous seventh place game against Towson. Uh, and they got the redemption against Towson. They kicked the living out of them. They beat them 65 to 39 to end their tournament in seventh place. Wow. Uh, it was just a tournament of what could have been for the mean green. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, I think. As a Mean Green fan, I saw a lot of people getting frustrated uh, with this team following the loss to LSU. Um, I think St. John's, that game, I don't know, I, I think that game was was tough to watch in itself, especially towards that end. Um, and then the LSU game, you know, I, I, I think similar fashion. Uh, yeah. Most most of the disappointment came from the Mean Green fans after the LSU game. I saw some people saying, Oh, well, back to being mediocre. Here we go. UNT's back to being mediocre. And I, I think I also saw that the uh, the term standards being thrown around a lot. I think UNT basketball, their standards are much higher than what they used to be last year in previous years. And because of that, you got fans that are now disappointed that they're losing to a program like LSU, right? Yeah, for sure. Um and against LSU, Aaron Scott just kind of didn't show up. 
<laughs> you know, yeah, it was the only game in the tournament he didn't show up for. He dropped four points, uh, two for 12 shooting, 34 minutes. Just not a good day for him. Every dog will have a bad day. Uh, he bounced back against Towson. He was tied for a point lead with 19 points with uh, Jason Edwards. But, you know, when your star doesn't show up like that, rarely will you win a game. Uh, was not a good game for Aaron Scott. And, you know, I think that not to blame him completely, but when your star is taken out of his depth, then, you know, you're not going to win many games. Yeah, I think so. And, um, you know, I, I know I'm kind of all over the place here, but I just want to go back to that St. John's game because uh, I, I did catch it all. I did watch it, you and I both. Um, I mean, I, I and I took some notes on it. I thought it was a really, you know, chippy game. I thought there was a ton of turnovers in that. Um, I think that was a real elephant in the room, aside from St. John's blowing that lead and UNC getting back in it late with a chance to win it. Uh, I mean, it just kind of looked like they were flat-footed in the first half of the game, yeah. right? It definitely looked like they, they were almost surprised by the pace of St. John's. Uh, it was – I used this term earlier in the podcast, but it, it was a track meet pretty much the first first half of the game. You know, they're running up and down, turning over the ball. Um and I think UNT was really able to settle it down in the second half, and that's kind of what fueled that comeback. Um, but I, I know you also mentioned that, um, you know, the, the last last second shot from Aaron Scott. I personally did not think he should have taken that shot. I don't think I, you know, I, I, I saw John Fields was saying that it was a it, it was a good look. I think uh, I think you said the same, but I, I got to disagree. I think that was a bad look. Uh, and I think he really should have – they should have drawn the foul there um, and gone to gone to the basket. Um, and I, I think missing that shot was tough. Yeah. Not only that, but the last play of the game, can we talk about the situational awareness from John Bugs? Yeah. Because Bugs. that was ridiculous. I'm sorry. You got you like, to gotta, you gotta put a shot up, man. Yeah. I understand. That, Holy moly. <laughs> <laughs> so so I, I've said before, I live right by the five. So every now and then, I'll hear a nice, yeah, something crazy. Uh, yeah. But anyways, so really poor situational awareness. I understand that a shot from that far out, there is like a 95% chance that it's going to miss. There's probably a 99% chance that it's going to miss. Um but at least put the shot up, you know? Yeah, you got to test that 1%. Yeah, and, and so he just holds it, and he doesn't shoot that thing until, like, a whopping three seconds after the buzzer, dude. Like, I, I think John and I, we, we immediately, we were like, what the hell? Like, come on. <laughs> so, anyways, so I, I just, I think that whole St. John's game was a uh, – it was a true testament to this Mean Green team. I know we said that, uh, you know, it's it's a good opportunity for uh, for uh, head coach to, you know, get a win or kind of establish himself as a little bit different from McCasland. Um, but and I think Ross Hodge and the Mean Green they played good, and he definitely did kind of establish himself a little bit. But again, it would have been huge to come away with a win there. You yeah, gotta file. I, you gotta file this under another, uh, under under another section of well, what could have been, right? 
Yeah, for sure. And I agree with you. I mean, we we differ in opinion on Aaron Scott, but tomato, tomato, they still lost the game. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Whether, you're right. Yeah. 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 Right. At the end of the day, they both they lost the game. It it was just not great. You're not great situational awareness at the end there. Whether you think that was a good shot by Aaron Scott or not, it it missed. It was rebounded yeah. by St. John. Jones had a chance on it. It went through his hands because he didn't expect it to be there. Um just not a great loss and that's just something that's going to happen you know i mean it's early in the season it was tough stiff competition i don't think that uh, excuse me we're recording this podcast at 10 p.m central time so pardon me um yeah <laughs> yeah um I don't think this will be indicative of the season as a whole, but no. And I think the Mean Green back. fans, the, the fans that do think it's going to be indicative of the season, uh, I think you got to know ball. You got you got to watch this oh team. My God. You got to watch this team a little bit more um, because, like, come on, these are all both LSU and St. John's extremely difficult competition. Now this LSU team, you might be able to put up a debate and say that UNT should have had them all along. Uh, but again, it's LSU, dude. It's huge to sit here and, and, and complain that you lost by what one point to LSU or uh, four points. I think they, 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 if you have four points, I mean, that's still huge for, for the program. I know we're counting moral victories here, but from a program wide standpoint, to be upset that you should have beat LSU and you know you got within four points it still speaks volume compared to where this basketball program was, you know, years ago. Tired of stuffing your mouth with Thanksgiving turkey? Well, try stuffing your ears with another Mean Green podcast. You know, and they have UNT has the unique chance that to really bounce back throughout their schedule. You know, especially back bounce back in the net rankings. Um, Angelo State coming up, they're not great, but you know, early, later in the season they go to Mississippi State. They play Fordham, they play Wichita State. You know, in conference play, they'll play Florida Atlantic in conference play. They'll play Memphis in conference play. A lot of good basketball teams coming up for the mean green to, if they beat those games, they could be looking at top 30 in net. We'll have to see, but season's by far not over. I mean, these are guys still melding together. Lots of new faces on the team. Ross Hodge isn't a new face, but it is the first time he has been a head coach at this level. There will be growing pains, you know, Um, just because he knows this group does not mean immediately the group is going to meld and just pick up where they left off under McCaslin. You got to give them time to grow, you know? Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. And this is kind of what I was saying. I, I know I predicted that this year the team would take a step back, a slight <laughs> step back because it's not McCaslin. And part of that is exactly what you just said. Um, you know, it's going to take some time for this team to really gel and mold under Ross Hodge. And what, from what we've seen so far, they've definitely done a good job at, at, at making, making it a close game. Uh, in the teams that they've played and lost to. Um, 
And I think it, it, it should only go up from here, really. I mean, as this team continues to mold and get better, uh, I, I think we'll, we'll see some more, we'll see some more entertaining ball from them. For uh, sure. Yeah. And you know, Milo, it's a real shame that I have to do this because it is, it's time to check that timing. Ooh. But I I know your take ahead of it, and I did. I, I, I give this you has a heads been up. this has been such a cordial conversation the entire night, and it's just got to end with Milo's take after we had that streak of me agreeing with you. So without further ado, what is your take this week, Milo? Better check that timing. It's time for Milo's take. Yeah, let's talk college football playoff. Right, it's about that time. We're getting there. Um, you know, I, I gotta say, I think the, uh, I think the committee's got it right. I think the committee's got it right as of Wednesday, the day before Thanksgiving, 11, 22, 2023, they got it right with Georgia at number one, Ohio state at number two, Michigan, number three, and Washington, number four. I think those are the four teams that should make the college football playoff. I know I've been really high. I, or I actually have not been so high on Washington. I remember a couple episodes back, I said that they should be the five spot until another team in front of them loses. And uh, they jumped Florida State. They jumped Florida State, and uh, I, I've got a change of heart. I got a change of heart now, and I think that Washington should be the final team in the college football playoff. And I know you disagree, so give me your rebuttal. Now, Milo, listen. Washington, if they go undefeated and win Pac-12, they should be in the college football playoff. I agree with that. If Washington loses to Oregon in the Pac-12 title, they do not deserve to be in the playoff. Okay. So, Neither does Oregon. Well, maybe Oregon. So then who does? Who does? If you okay, we have to break this down. Like, in fact, I'm getting out my pen to write it down. So, let's say you have your conference champions for Big 12, Texas. Texas at 12 and 1. You have here he goes. And this is not the chaos. This is not the chaos bracket. This is prediction bracket. So, you then have Ohio State or Michigan undefeated conference title winners at 13 and 0. You then have Georgia probably with the SEC title also at 13 and 0 and then you would have more you know I want to say more than likely Florida State but you have Florida State maybe Florida State's not finishing undefeated. You don't you don't think they're going to beat Louisville without Travis? Yeah. Yeah, I, okay. I, th- I think with, I think without him they're done. I think Louisville's so, gonna beat him. Florida State, they're gonna whatever. They're gonna let's just say they finish thirteen and zero, or let, let for the sake of this argument, since neither of us think they will, they finish twelve and one, and then that leaves you with Louisville, who would then also be at twelve and one. Then you have Washington. Probably, I don't think Washington beats Oregon again. So I'm going to go 12 and one Washington, 
And then you have Pac-12 champs, Oregon, 12-1. and one. Out of those teams, if you're looking at 12-1 and one, Oregon with a, with a Pac-12 title, 12-1 and one, Washington without a, without a Pac-12 title, Louisville with an ACC title, Florida State without an ACC title, Georgia with an SEC title, Ohio State and Michigan undefeated, or Ohio State or Michigan undefeated, and then Texas. I think you have to put Texas in that four spot against the other ones if they all finish with the same record. I don't think so. Yes, you do. I don't think so. I don't think so, dude. Because, dude, your argument is that the Texas Longhorns are better than Washington and Oregon. Because they are. They're not. They're not. Congratulations. You're telling me. A weak Alabama team that had yet we- to figure it out. A weak Alabama. They, they weak had yet Alabama? to figure it out at the time. Dude, Alabama was what? What was Alabama's record before you beat them? 2-0? and oh, I think, Or 1-0? 2-0. Oh. Oh. They literally played two games. You hadn't even given them time to mesh together and figure it out. But now Dude. you go on your high horse and you say, Oh, we beat Alabama. We beat them at home, too. We're good enough to make the playoff. Dude, no. Texas, I'm not uh, te- I'm not orange pill. You lost to Oklahoma. Not Where, are pill. Where are they? Te- okay, okay. Listen, Where are they? Okay, okay. Listen, listen, listen. No, 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 no. You listen to me. Team. You listen to me. Come on, Skip. It, uh, listen. <laughs> listen. Texas has the best win in college football. Who the hell has gone and beat Alabama and Tuscaloosa? The best Who has win? beat them in Tuscaloosa? Dude, I promise you. You can put you can take Washington, Michigan, and all the other teams ranked above okay. them. And you so could have them come that, to Alabama dude, and they would do the same that's thing BS. at the beginning dude, of the no, season. No, they wouldn't. No, they would. Yes, they I would. I promise you they wouldn't. None of them have the defense that Texas has. Not even close. You and Caleb – well, not Caleb because Caleb is orange-filled now for some reason. Um, Caleb and – or you and John, your huge argument is that, oh, well, I would put that uh, Washington win over Oregon. That's much higher. That's a much better because win. Because it was. Because no, it, it was. wasn't. It was, it was at home. They beat huge. them at home. Okay, well, you know what? I think we need to put an asterisk around your win against oh. Alabama. Uh, stop because, saying your. Because, okay, because you're orange-filled, dude. I, dude I'm not orange-filled. Okay. Personally, it was way too early. You have Texas play Alabama now. Texas loses. Oh bull! They lose. Oh. How many? <laughs> how many? Okay, dude. But how many close games has Texas managed to squeak away with the win? Okay. You guys almost lost to Houston. Okay. Okay. Who the f- cares if Texas lost close? They won or won close. They won. Clearly, clearly the committee cares. Clearly, the committee cares. These guys are ranked number seven. You're not even in the playoff picture right now. I won possession. By one possession. Okay. Okay. Yeah, it's a neutral site game. If they go 12 and 1 with a Big 12 title, that team deserves to be in. They got probably the best defense other than Georgia in the country. Texas does not deserve to be there. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You cannot say an undefeated team if, uh, in Washington. If wa- I never made that argument. If Washington's undefeated, that means Oregon has two losses. So Texas would go in Oregon's place. Okay. Then you're telling you're telling which would, me which would not be the college football playoff. And then you're and then you're telling me you're telling me that if if Washington goes undefeated and Oregon is 
whatever they are, Oregon's eliminated because then they'd have two losses. You're telling me that you'd put Florida State or a one loss Michigan or a one loss Michigan or Ohio State in over Texas? You cannot oh, yeah. put one loss you Michigan. Cannot, you Michigan cannot any day of the week. If any if, day if of the week, if Michigan, Michigan is or, a top five okay. team all if Michigan long. or Ohio State is eleven and one with a loss to each other without a conference title, you cannot put them into the college football playoff. That's just not something you can do. Now, okay, the committee probably won't do it, but if I was on the committee, I would do it. I think that it should Michigan and Ohio State should be locks. I think the top three should be locked in. I think really we're debating for the four spot. Dude, no. I'm serious. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because Michigan, even – dude, okay, Michigan, even with a loss, even with a loss to Ohio State, Michigan is still better than Texas, dude. They're they're not. They're just not. They are. You have, have them not. both have them both go they, at it at a okay. neutral field okay. like you and I, I get and I guarantee you Texas at least makes it a game or beats them. Yeah, but they're not. They're I mean, did you did you watch Maryland them. last week? Did you watch no. the Michigan Maryland game last night? <laughs> nope. Exactly. They barely beat them. They let Talia Tagovailoa. Okay. okay, but you guys barely beat Houston, right? Okay, that doesn't really matter. Texas didn't have and you barely you barely beat they US. Hold on, they, hold on. Texas, me, Texas didn't have on. Quinn Ewers for the second half of that game. Oh, Quinn Ewers, my ass, get out of here! Oh bullshit, man! You can't no, say Quinn Ewers, Quinn my ass. They okay. didn't have Quinn Ewers. What do you want close, me to say? Close yeah, game against fine. TCU and uh, close game against Kansas State. Eamon G. Carter is uh, one of the hardest places to play in the country. Yeah, okay, here you are. Now you're bringing an environment at And that matters. That matters. I don't that's know about the, that, but when, when, I, when what I watched the broadcast, okay. it was majority Texas fans. Okay. So I don't know what you're talking the, about. Oh, BS. It, it was not, it was not even close. It was yeah, mostly okay. TCU fans. You're tripping. Okay, yeah. Oh, my so, God. Anyways, so your argument that, that um, you know, a neutral field or atmosphere plays a role in, in it is uh, I think it's all BS, especially when you're the university of Texas, yeah, you've, got dude, one, you've got one of the biggest brands it, in the country. It, liter- it doesn't it matter. Literally matters. It, it doesn't matter. Where you matters. Play. It, it literally would matters. Make, it literally would not make a difference. dude. Yeah, it does. What do you mean? You're telling me at home. You're, you're willing to say on this podcast, Milo, you're willing to say Milo's take this week is that home field advantage doesn't exist. That's not my take. You're putting words yeah. on it. That's not yeah. my take. My, my take is that the college football like. playoff. My take is that the college football playoff. Don't get it twisted. My take this week: college football playoff should be Georgia, Michigan, Ohio State, and Washington. Those should be my four. Not the Texas Longhorns. I hope. I hope every contender other than Texas loses this weekend, just to prove you wrong. Okay, and uh, you know, <laughs> even if they do lose, I would still put them over Texas. But that's yeah, dude, I'm sorry, you cannot put an 11 in one Michigan or Ohio State over Texas without a conference championship. Better than Michigan, and I don't think they're. I definitely don't think they're better than tell, Ohio State. Tell me you know, a win. Michigan, that, what are you? Tell me a, okay, if Ohio okay. State loses, in which they probably will not. But if Ohio okay. State loses, would you still put Texas over them? Yes. Oh my God! You're talking out of your ass now, dude. If you're okay, if you're telling me, Milo, if you're telling me that an 11 and one Michigan or Ohio State is better than a conference champion Texas, then you are smoking massive amounts of. D- it's in the Big Twelve. It's in the Big Twelve. If Michigan's only loss, comes look at the to, Big Ten. If look Michigan's at the Big Ten. Only loss comes to the one of the only teams better than them, which would be there are only two other teams better than Michigan which would be Georgia and Ohio State, 
And if Michigan's only loss comes to one of them, yeah, why not? I'd still put them over to Texas. Of course. Your one loss is to Oklahoma. Texas is one and loss. You just barely, and, and it was, was on, it was in a neutral <laughs> site. It was in a half and half fifty percent stadium by one that, And Oklahoma is number thirteen. You're acting like Oklahoma's okay, not going to finish wait, wait, ten wait, wait, two. Wait, 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 wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're saying that oh, home field, home field advantage, it matters. Okay, but it was a neutral site, so nobody had home field advantage. Okay, that neutral site matters. Neutral site matters. It's a different environment. <laughs> It is. You guys play there every year. You play there okay. every year. How much of a difference does so it you're, you're telling me that every team that plays at home, they then play the same in a neutral site? That's bullshit. That's why bowls and championships are harder. Okay. Okay. Well, half the crowd is all Texas Longhorns fans. So okay. And the other half understand. is our OU fans. It's a neutral site. Neutral site games mean more. Okay, well, you know what? Bottom line is Michigan and Ohio State are both better than Texas. Oh, my I guarantee. God. Dude, I, you, you are like, look, you at look at yourself. Look at yourself in the mirror. Look at yourself in the mirror. I'm and looking at myself me. on StreamYard okay, right okay, now. Okay, look into the camera and tell me that you think that if Michigan or Ohio State were to go up against Texas this Saturday, Texas would beat them. Listeners, I'm looking directly at the camera when I say this, and I know I'm closer to the microphone so you can all hear it. I'm looking into Milo's soul right now. If Texas goes 11 and 1, they are better than Michigan and Ohio State by far. There you have it. Host of another Mean Read podcast is officially talking out of his ass. That, dude, <laughs> no, I'm not. You know, okay. we'll, well, we'll run this back. We'll run this back in two weeks. Yeah. And I guarantee, I, I'm going to hit the Charles Barkley. I guarantee it that I will be correct. All right. All right, we'll uh, in the meantime, we'll agree to disagree and uh, yeah. right, and you're wrong. So yep. there's that. Well, we knew it'd be heated. I got a lot of bleeping to do. Yeah. You can <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, man. I'll, uh, I'll, I'll let you redeem yourself with your cornball of the week. Oh, you're going to let me start with cornball yeah. of the week? I'll let you All go. Right. All right. <laughs> it's related to Texas. <laughs> Oh, my God. Yeah, you're not redeeming yourself. So senior offensive lineman uh, Jared Hufford, he plays for the Iowa State Cyclones. Ahead of their game with Texas last week, he was talking that mad doo-doo. He was saying that Texas, he's sick of their, he's sick of their privilege. He's <laughs> sick of them. He thinks their ego's too dang big. And... Texas is one of those teams that plays down to their opponents. When you motivate a team like Texas, they're going to play at a higher level. So, what does Texas do? They go in to uh, Ames, Iowa to play Iowa State. And what was the result, Milo? Tell me what it was. It was um, one of the only respectable wins from the Texas oh, all season long. Oh my gosh! You asked. You asked. It was so a twenty-six on your win. It was a twenty-six sixteen win for Los Longhorse de Texas. <laughs> Don't motivate a team that does not have motivation for lower games because then you're going to mess around and find out. Texas won the game handily. Iowa State looked stupid. And then after the game, 
every Texas player pretty much tweeted uh, to this Mr. Jared Hufford. They tweeted it and, and said, uh, happy senior night to him. So not only did you make the cornball comment of saying that Texas was uh, egotistical and needed to be checked and whatever, you then got beat in on in your senior night and clowned by all the players, and you motivated one of the best teams in college football that is likely on its way to a college football playoff appearance. Um, and that's just how the cookie crumbles sometimes, man. So, Jared Hufford, you are my cornball of the week. Don't make your corny comments, my friend. All right, Molly, yeah, was you. I, uh, I'll just wrap it up and say a respectable cornball of the week. You know, I think Thank anytime, you. You. anytime you trash talk and, you know, you fail miserably at, at following up on it, you're pretty cornball move. And then, you know, the whole team goes after you too. So, yep. very funny stuff. Uh, that's, that's a good cornball. I like that. Thank but you. Uh, my cornball is a little bit of uh, American Athletic Conference news here this week. Jeff Trailer, my cornball of the week. Um, so, of course, AM firing Jimbo Fisher, who was our uh, previous cornball of the week. Right? I think he was yours last week. Um, he was. Yeah. So, Jimbo Fisher, he gets the can from AM, which means, of course, the position's open. Who's going to interview for it? Well, we think Jeff Trailer. There were reports that came out that said, he wanted the reports that came out said he potentially interviewed for the job. And so, uh, you know, UTSA media decided to ask him about it in the, in the, uh, a press conference and his response, you know, they're asking him, they're like, uh, so, you know, there are reports that said you, you interviewed for this job. And his response was, Oh, well, we got a game this Friday. It's it, we're focused on UTSA. We're focused on the we got we're focused on seniors. We're focused on Frank Harris and, the, and this group, and uh, you know we're we're focused on that. And so they, the reporter follows up on him, and, and he's like, "Are you sure?" Like, he's like, "So did did you interview with them?" I don't even I don't know how it went. I don't know. You can probably put you can probably insert the clip in here somewhere. Yeah, honestly, but, I'll find it. Yeah, you can find it, insert it, whatever. Uh, but Jeff Trailer, his response again is like, "Yep, we've got a kickoff at five o'clock on Friday, <laughs> and that's it." And it's like, "Okay, well, thanks. You gave us your answer, and, and your answer is that yeah, you did interview because at this point you are obviously dodging it. Of course, you don't want to go out there and, and say, "Yeah, I interviewed for it, and yeah, I really want the job." Of, of course, you don't want to say that in front of your your team. Right? <laughs> I understand it, but. You know, kind of a cornball move, a, a cornball response, because you uh, inadvertently gave away the fact that yeah, you did interview for it. it it's kind of like I don't. I I think I I kind of uh, I kind of I think I mentioned it to us, uh, you and John. I said it's kind of like you know the fat kid eating the last cupcake, and he said there is his cheeks and stuff. They're like, did you eat the last cupcake? He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You know, just chewing on it. So it's, it's like, yeah, of course, right? <laughs> He's so, got icing all over his cheeks. <laughs> yeah. So, so Jeff Trailer, you are my cornball of the week. And, uh, you know, just one last thing to solidify it. When the AM job first opened up, the head coaching job first opened up, immediately, a couple of days, I think a day or two after, it might have been 24 hours after, actually. I don't remember. But someone from UTSA Media asked him about it. They were like, are you interested in taking this up? 
And I think he gave a legitimate response. I think he was like, yeah, you know, they're a, they're a well-respected program, but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm focused on the roadrunners and everything right now. Yeah. And, and I mean, that was a respectable yeah, response. Yeah, that's a respectable response. And then the report comes out a few days later, literally the following week, I think, that he did interview for the job. Cornwall. So yeah, Cornwall. So then the media Cornwall. comes back to him and says – Oh, well, did you interview with them? We saw reports that came out that you did. And his response is, yeah, we got a game at 5 o'clock on Friday evening, and we're focused on the seniors. It's like, well, gee, we didn't ask for the, the kickoff time. We asked if you interviewed with these guys. So, um, yeah, so Cornball of the Week, I think our response could have been, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, your response could have been that, uh, you know, again, just follow up and say that you – you're uh, you're looking forward to finishing this season out, and, and we'll see what happens going from there. Um, but instead, he literally gives the, the kickoff time and and uh, you know the game game time. So, anyways, I'm rambling here, but that's my cornball of the week, Jeff Trailer. There you have it. Yeah, it's this a valid corn. Week. It's yeah. a valid cornball of the week. Um, you know, uh, and some of the journalists afterwards they insinuated that. Uh, <laughs> they insinuated that uh Jeff Trailer never interviewed for that job when he obviously did, uh, and they would have reported otherwise if he didn't. Well, I think those journalists should be the real cornballs because I mean Oh, they just... are, and we can't call them out directly, <laughs> yeah. but there are certain journalists that are literally just fanboys and they report on what will make them feel good and what they think uh will make them feel good about uh about the program obviously they would want to keep trailers so they're going to peddle uh maybe false narratives to try and make yeah. it look like he was staying yeah, they're, they're, and that's not journalism be in denial yeah and yep. i agree that's that's also that that's not journalism at all you're just you're you're funneling in you know and fueling a theory that you want to be correct right you're just yep i don't know and that's Okay, so that's like, you know, at UNT, we'd like to call that green-pilled. We'd like to call that wearing the green-colored glasses. I don't know if you know, a couple couple of years ago, I uh, I, I coined the term green-colored glasses on the forum that shall not be named. Yeah. Um, but I made a nice post there uh, talking about take off the green-colored glasses. You know, it's kind of got to do a little bit of, a, little bit of a, you know, trolling, but... Um, you and two call it green colored, green colored glasses. And I think at UTSI, I don't know, orange colored glasses, maybe orange and blue pilled. Roadrunner pilled. Roadrunner pilled. There you go. The funniest, the funniest thing about just like that post that you made and that and the, and the forum <laughs> that shall not be named is that there were people that were like, no, no, listen to him, guys. He's right when you were obviously just like <laughs> messing around. <laughs> I think I was a freshman. It was the summer of my, the summer after my freshman year of college, my first year at UNT. And I think I was bored one night. I was, you know, back home for the summer in San Antonio and I was just scrolling the forum and I'm like, you know what? Let's get a kick out of this. Let's just, you know, I'm bored. I want to get, get a rise out of something. And so I just made that. And then years later, it's still on there. There's some, there's some comedy gold on that forum. So, yeah, there is really some comedy gold. And um, 
lots of lots of funny things on there. There's one post that says uh, Reed Smith of Mean Green Twenty Four Seven says I'm not a legit journalist. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. When was that? Um, uh, that was last year when the uh, the official source battles were going on. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. You're not a uh, you're not an official journalist. You have to be a a, a forum moderator. Yeah, obviously. Uh, if I was if I was a Reddit mod or a Discord moderator, I think uh, I would have more uh, merit. <laughs> yeah, you have to. Um, you know, it's it's kind of like having, um, you know, being a journalist on R slash New York instead of being a reporter for the New York Times, right? Yeah, that's my stance on that. Uh, I report like, UNT football for r slash UNT. Yeah, I, I, I report all things New York City on r slash New York, so I'm a New York journalist. <laughs> now, now, okay, okay, here's another thing. Okay, don't get it twisted, because if you're an independent journalist and you're promoting your content on Reddit, that's fine. Completely different. But if you consider a forum post as a journalistic you know piece i don't think so i'm sorry <laughs> you know i, I don't I, I think you have as much credibility as i do so yeah. yeah and you're actually pretty credible because you actually reported the program at one point and you're associated with me so we're official journalists now since, I, I since guess we're so. on main green 24 7 24 7 sports is legit and do you know what also is legit ending episodes uh oh. that way you like that so ugly that will be the end of this week's episode. Man, it was a doozy. A little shorter than it has been the last two weeks. But then again, it is a holiday week and it is 1024 here, 824 where Milo is in California. Uh, man, good episode. That'll be fun to edit. It'll. I'm telling you that segment where we're arguing will be like, boop, 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 boop. <laughs> it's going to sound like Morse code. Yeah, it's going to sound like Morse code. Uh, I'll have fun editing that. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy listening to it. But anything to add here, Milo? Any final thoughts? Um, happy Thanksgiving, right? We got uh, oh, there a couple go. hours until good old Turkey Day, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I think, think it'll be a good one. Yep, happy Thanksgiving to everyone and your friends and family. Happy Thanksgiving to you, Milo. I hope you and your girlfriend enjoy it. I'll be here with my family. I will not get to enjoy it with my girlfriend. She is in Boston. Uh, she'll be back home for Christmas, though, which is nice. Um, but that will be it for us today. Uh, you can listen to Mean Green, another Mean Green podcast, rather. You can listen to it on Spotify and Apple Music and occasionally SoundCloud when it decides to upload. Sometimes it just doesn't. So I would recommend listening on Spotify and Apple Music. That's where it will be all the time. We updated our podcast cover. I don't know if all of you... I've noticed it's a little bit tighter of a spiral. There's more layers to it. I quite enjoy it. I think it looks pretty good. I hope everyone thinks the same. It is mean green basketball season, ladies and gentlemen. We are well into the thick of it. And where you can keep up with all the stats and figures is on Mean Green 24-7. If you become a VIP today which is not a lot of money, or at least if it is to you, it's worth the money to get your North Texas fix. As a VIP, you get access to exclusive stories that others do not get chance to have. Uh, last season for football, I did a number of stories that were VIP, such as uh, fall camp notes, tales from the tape, and different things like that. For basketball season, 
I do by the numbers, which is a look at UNT men's basketball games and away games rather by the facts and the figures. It's an easy way to catch up on the action that you may have missed or if you didn't miss and you want some additional information. But that'll be it for us at Another Mean Green Podcast. For Milo, I would just like to say that is it. Texas belongs in the college football playoff no matter what. Uh All right, uh one last jab. I'll let you get Uh it. And UNT has their final game against UAB. Looking to finish 5-7 and and prove me right. Anyway, happy Thanksgiving, y'all. We will see you next week.